Ladies, gentlemen, and others, welcome to today's pod episode. Today's pod episode guest is someone. I think if I had to give a very simple introduction, I would say Shubhika Sharma, founder of Papadon Fridge. But Shubhika, you are so much more than that. I think that you are resilient. I think that you are ambitious. I think that you are talented. I do think that you are beautiful. But women get called beautiful like. I would rather focus on the inner qualities right now. I think that you are very strategic and smart with your business, um, and lots of great things that I think we have to unpack today. So, welcome to the pod. Very, very happy to be here, Anam. And I think I've watched you. We probably started our journey together. So, all the adjectives that you have so kindly listed for me, I would actually attribute all of them to you. I've seen your journey, and I don't think that any of these adjectives don't fit you and more. Thank you. You're very, 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 very kind. Um, we met, like you said, we started our journeys together. How many years ago? I've lost track. 2012? 2012. Yeah, one of the times after you showed at Fashion Week. Yeah. And um, you know, I think one of the things I need to stop doing is having conversation with guests before we start recording because I feel <laughs> like so much of my memory has been jogged, and I want to ask those questions all over again. Let's blame that on Bombay traffic. Let's. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like you are someone who does clothes. You do accessories. You do bags, shoes, jewelry. But you know what? My favorite thing about your brand is, and this is going to sound very content creatorish of me to say, but it's that you are one of those brands that does the product, but also has created this. Magnificent brand presence online, where the personality of Shubhika Sharma has transcended from the person that you are to the way people perceive your brand. And kudos to, of course, you and your content team to be able to really have that translated with almost, I would say, zero dilution. What would you credit to that? What is your what's your secret sauce? I think that the the best part about us starting when we did. Was Instagram was just launching, mm-hmm. right? And um, as I was sharing earlier, I got rejected by Lakme Fashion Week like twice, thrice. Everywhere that I was applying, beat like Vogue Fashion Fund, I was not making the cut, right? And then there was this thing on my phone where I could just say what I wanted to say in the language that I wanted to speak in, and put my work out there, and. It felt like I was taking the power back to my story, to for my product, and I think that that for me was just so exciting because you said that Shubhika's personality kind of morphed into Paparun Preach, but I I think that I also fed off on the brand's personalities for the longest time until two years ago. I didn't have a content team; I was managing Instagram and building all of that on my own. No way. Yeah. And that is when I also started my personal Instagram page because I was like, I need to understand who I am outside of this brand, right? So we reached a point where it started off with me kind of taking the power back because I believe I'm a storyteller and I love to kind of, for me, even products feel alive. For me, a bag looks like a face to me. So even the way we name our products, they all have like. Like there's a Mister Who and there is a Mrs. OMG. You know these are all the product names. So for me, that world is very real. I used it. I've grown up as a girl who kind of like to escape into different worlds that I created. And Paparun Preach just managed to morph into a world that allowed me to do that on a daily basis. I had to be all prim and proper at home and like be a good girl. But when I would enter my office, and it would just me be me and my world and. 
I could dictate the rules. I could speak the language that I wanted to speak. I could personify all my products. And uh, I think in doing that, people kind of just got really excited to connect to like, what was the story behind the brand, the person, the product. And then they, they reached a point where if I had clients coming in, they would be like, and I'd be like, okay, so why don't you do this, wear this with this? And they'd be like, oh, but that's not Papa Don't Preach. Okay. And that's when I realized that, okay, so now the brand has kind of become an identity of its own. It's no longer me. I'm not as important as it is now. And then there was somebody who told me that, you know, when I see your products hanging on the rack, they just feel alive. So for me, it was actually everything that I wanted my brand to be. It had a personality. It definitely had a lot of mood swings because as you're correctly saying, today I wanted to make lengas, tomorrow I wanted to make bags, I wanted to do shoes. We were just doing everything. There was this beautiful chaos, which is very, very similar to my personality. I'm I'm Kensarian, I'm extremely moody. And that's how the brand was. But when I started sensing that it had now taken, it had grown up to become its own person is when I handed over the reins to somebody else and I trained them to be and my content team now is phenomenal and I'm glad that we haven't diluted even in this era where you have to produce like 10 reels a week and I mean you know the drill. How long ago did you found the brand exactly speaking? 2010 is when I launched it as a high streetwear label. I was I think 22 I think we were one of the first independent brands in India to launch as a high streetwear label as an e-commerce website, which was JIT, which is just-in-time inventory or like made to measure. And I launched it with fashion flash mobs inspired from like Gossip Girl. Uh, I remember that era. Yeah, yeah. And we did it in like three nightclubs and it was just about girls having fun. Um. I don't know if you witnessed any of the flash mobs, but at that time it was Sherry Shroff, Isha Talwar, Nidhi Sunil, who are all legends now in in what they do. But at that time, we were just girls, just so excited to like build something together. And the spirit was so much more collaborative then than it was than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very lucky that I got to start my brand at that time with the people that I did. Because I always like to say that I didn't go to fashion school, not in India. I did go to London, um, but it was a very short course. It was like a seven-month course. So you know what really happens in such courses. I don't think something as technical as fashion, and I very specifically want to say it's very, very technical. Uh, It has so much math. I tried to run away from it, but it just ended up (laughs) being all about math. Um, cannot be learned in seven months. You need the four years. If you're lucky, do a master's after that. Um, So I did not have a network of fashion friends. I've studied journalism. I worked in DNA newspaper for some time while I was studying. And then I came back and I was very silly, I would say, to not do an internship in any of the fashion houses. So I actually learned everything on the job I had to build my own network and by that I mean and I also went to a school in New Bombay where there weren't the people who are in the industry right now so I credit Instagram a lot for any community 
any network that I have managed to build today is only and only because of Instagram and only because of how I've been able to put my brand out there and how my probably journalism helped me probably just growing up and like reading books like devouring books all my childhood helped me so 2021 you did 11 years of the content on your own yeah and did you feel the loss of control or you know withdrawal symptoms when you gave the reins to somebody else to take care of content then I still am very involved in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is very hard because the language that the brand was speaking for like over a decade was my own. Mm-hmm. You know, like all the captions, all the campaign press notes, collection notes, all the stories, all the engagement, all the responses to DMs, all the responses to uh, the comments were me. So there was a loss of control, but I'm a person that if I bring somebody in, then I'm I, I'm pretty hands off. But I think that there is still a lot of dependency on me to kind of like the bigger campaigns or just the tonality of how we want to like deal with things. It's still very much there. And I think that it helps me to still be on the page in my DMs because I get to hear so much from the people who are writing to us uh, to read the comments, to respond and engage with the comments also. It actually keeps me very much like tightly woven in with the fabric of the the world that I'm kind of creating in, you know, and I think that's so important to not get cut off of that. So there is a sense of uh, loss of control. But I think as you age, you just want to do more things. We have a podcast now, we want to ideally have our own magazine soon. So I think if you find the right people, and it takes time, it will only help you grow to let go of control to trust more people, to bring in fresh ideas, bring a fresh perspective, let them make their mistakes. I learned so much. Like I'm 36 today. I started when I was like 21, 22. I now work with largely Gen Zs. I'm learning so much stuff that I don't think if I was controlling it, my brand would have been so relevant if I were to do it. Also, I I get tired now (laughs) of social media. So I guess it's a good thing. Everything happens at the right time. But what I'm taking away from everything you're telling me is that even though product is what kicked off your brand, the fact of the matter is that you've almost led it in the zone of creating this online personality and almost media platform-ish. Because if you're heading in the direction of a magazine where you already have a podcast and like I said, your social media presence is uh, very visible. And I mean very visible in a sense, not that it's just about the numbers and the engagement. I just mean when you go through the feed, you can tell what this brand is about. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that's not very common. There's a lot of brands out there that hit the half a million and one million and more more. But there's a very small percentage in that, that you have a takeaway value of for, oh, this brand stands for this, right? Um, And I feel like the zone you're heading into, it sounds very globally directional when it comes to the way, you know, fashion and maybe even some couture houses work internationally um while you have early mover advantage from the product design space which is a given do you feel like if you started your social media journey from the brand side would you have had the same trajectory like do you feel like if you started social media for your brand now i don't think so do you think that other brands can do it now do you feel or do you feel i'm asking you this because i get asked a lot of times uh, i want to be a creator do you think it's too cluttered and my repeated response is you know what, everyone else is taken. If you can be you, then there's room for everybody. So I think that that is a very 
tough advice to give to somebody who's starting new because I don't know who I am, right? Like when I'm starting off. When I was starting my brand, did I know this is who I was? This is what I my brand would stand for. This is what my community would be like. These are the causes I would I would, you know, get behind. These are I didn't know that. And I think the reason why I enjoy my work as much as I do is because it keeps teaching me and kind of shining this really, really uncomfortable spotlight on who I am all the time. Like it's always questioning me the decisions that we need to make on an everyday basis with so much happening in the world, who we're aligning with, what we are speaking about, what messaging are we putting out there? If I was starting today and somebody told me, and I think that that's that's great advice for people like you and me who kind of now know who we are and we know that that is the answer, right? Like I I tell people, like there's so many young people who come to me and they're like, I want to stand up, start a brand, but I just don't know how to. Or worse is that I want to do something on my own, but I don't know what it is. All I know is I want to do something on my own. That's a little scary. But it is the reality right now because we they are faced with so much competition in today's like the young ones now. When I was starting off, my competition was probably my close friends, the 10 other designers that I knew or my parents, friends and their kids or friends of friends and stuff like that. Probably 50, 100 people, right? And then, okay, if you are applying for fashion week, then you're competing with say like, 200 more people. It was just a known number. Today, if I ask my creative team to come up with ideas, the young ones, anything that they come up with, you can just go on Pinterest and be like, oh, somebody else did it 20 years ago. Today, my competition can be somebody sitting in Germany, can be somebody, it's already done, somebody's done it, da-da-da. At this time, for somebody to really say, this is who I am. Is really scary. So for me, the, the the advice that I give people, and I think Nike just nailed it when they did, it is just do it. I still now, at 36, just like to go around in circles. But why? But why can't I? But, but, but you know, if only I could. But when I just call out my own bullshit, I know that I just have to do it. You'll do it, you'll know. You, you know, you fail. You fail again and you just, but you just learn to fail better. So you know the next thing to do, right? And that's how you find out who you are. That is why I work as hard as I do. It's because it's helping me in my own personal spiritual journey of understanding who the hell I am minus all the bullshit. That is the advice I would give the the young ones is that it is very important to be you. But who the you is will only come out when you are absolutely comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like get bloody uncomfortable. You will not know. There is so much resistance to like in my team also. If you if you give an extra task to a person whose KRA or KPI kind of on paper says they do this, 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 this. You give them an extra task from another team. There are very few people who will be able to take it up as a challenge and do it. There are many who will fall sick the next day. Who who will just get stressed of will I be able to do it or not? Because there is a fear of being uncomfortable, being out of your comfort zone. But people like you and me, when we were starting off, we didn't know any better. I think we got lucky like that. We just did it. We just put it up there. 
and uh, okay this is working this isn't working this is shit i'm not saying that rejection didn't feel bad at that age when i got rejected from all these fashion weeks and all that it crushed me right but it also helped me figure out that okay i need to then probably do something else like i started as an e-commerce brand as a high streetwear label when i finally got selected by lakme fashion week they said we can only let you uh, apply as an accessory designer because we have space for that so i said okay i pivoted and i said okay i'll apply as an accessory designer but i'll put my clothes shoes on it i mean you can't stop me from doing that so i got 3 seasons in i got my foot in the door but i called myself an accessory designer for those 3 seasons but i was okay with that it was uncomfortable i wanted to establish myself as a clothing designer as an e-commerce you know just in time uh inventory and like a bespoke made to measure kind of a high streetwear label but here i was doing embroidered outfits and embroidered accessories and shoes and figuring the hell out my team was literally me and just my master ji and five carigars there was no team there was no design team my team has grown on has my team is actually just 2 years old technically it was because we did not know any other way but to just do it and to just be okay with being uncomfortable and that would be my message to anybody who's listening till now <laughs> be uncomfortable <laughs> yeah your team is only about 2 years old now which is really commendable cuz tell me a little bit about how big your team is and i definitely want to for those of you who don't know i love the fact that your labels have your master jeez your carigars everyone's names on them i know people have mixed opinions on that on social media personally i'm a fan because i feel like you truly credit where the execution level of things comes into um but tell us a little bit about your team how big it is and how you kind of manage that because that is a very big part of business that not enough people talk about <laughs> yeah i feel like i'm only managing people i don't know when i design i don't know <laughs> when i do anything else i'm lucky i i'm on this podcast right now not managing someone they say the biggest part of being a founder is putting out fires no so <laughs> yeah and if you're lucky your team will help you put them out but i mean there is always the other side also where you're putting out fires i think you're just trying to manage expectations more than people but you're just managing your expectations with your team your team's expectations of you but to begin with i'm very lucky i think when i meet so many more fashion entrepreneurs internationally or even people in beauty you don't really get to work with the team that actually creates say my carigars you know you'll have to probably outsource the labor when you are working in london when you're creating a brand in the us you don't have access to carigars and artisans i feel extremely lucky that i can go into my office every single day and sit next to them them and work with them and uh, i don't know if you know but like in they say in carpet weaving they actually make it a point in every carpet to do five six stitches wrong so that nazar na lage you know they don't want to make a perfect design and because i get to work with carigars it is it is collaborative in a way that of course i have a design in mind but it changes from person to person carigar to carigar master to master they will their own little flaws come in their own tweaks come in 
the way they see a color green is very different from how I see a color green, you know. So, in that sense, to answer your question, because I have digressed, I feel lucky that I get to work with my team of Karigas, which is over 150 now. This growth also has happened in the last year or so. Before that, we had about 60 Karigas and... Uh, there was I was outsourcing a lot of work as well. With that, now we have a core team of about 75 and 80 of us uh, that oversee production, dispatch, courier, um, sales. Now we have a separate flagship store. Until two years ago, my my store, my studio, my production unit were all in one place in, in Lower Parel. But now it's all separate. So separate, separate teams for all of that. Social team has grown to a really large team. There's PR, there's marketing. We handle everything internally. Um, we don't work with any agencies. No comment on agencies. But <laughs> that comment is enough of a comment. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is the team now. And now I was, it was just me plus one in my garment design team until two years ago. And then there was somebody in shoes and jewelry and stuff like that now I'm building a design team because we want to enter the US market we want to also launch a pret line for Indian wear um, as you said we want to do a podcast we want to do a magazine so the team is growing I'm lucky to be able to build it with a very few people who are there with me right at the beginning not too many have are left now the old guard is left of natural progression in their careers but it isn't easy and I think that one uh, lesson that a, a very good friend of mine taught me was that when you are building a business the one of the first few people you need to hire is a good HR um, I don't like to call it HR because that's that's literally calling humans as resources which is a very industrial revolution hangover so I call Nidhiya must call out her name, uh, her, my chief people officer, because I think it is not managing people as resources, but as I said, expectation management. And there's a lot of that because we are working hard towards building what an Indian company culture looks like. Um, I was telling my team recently that, you know, we had a office by night where I gave like because everybody was kind of new so I want to talk about my origin story what our mission is what our mission mission is where we're going now what our ethos are so it's like I am a journalism student I studied passion very briefly everything else I've learned I've learned on the job because I've not worked with anybody else um, so a lot of my learning all of my learning when it comes to business of course it comes from watching people my family has like my my dad my aunt my sister were all uh, entrepreneurial like that so I've learned by watching them but largely I would attribute it to my reading uh, I think that in just 300 rupees, a person is giving you their entire lives. And that to me is priceless. 300 is now, of course, must be more now. But just consuming that has taught me so much. But then I understood now that I have started managing such a wonderful team and such a challenging team also. They challenge me, I challenge them back. But it is challenging nonetheless. All that I learned about company cultures came from books like Netflix or Pixar. 
but they were talking about a company culture in a very different country the culture here inherently which is very innate to being indian is very very different and it also translates into companies where say if somebody say, can i see this in my team it's beautiful we have a really nice cafeteria where we sit and have lunch together it goes on for hours but if somebody's sick if somebody's mom is sick somebody else is got different from home for them you know if somebody is feeling really low or things like that they invite people to come stay over with me you can't travel that far come and stay with me it these are things that you will not really see happening in american companies you know it's so beautiful about being indian but there is no book that i can pick up and read on what an indian cu- company culture really looks like so that is the challenge that i've given myself and my cpo that that is what we want to get right and understand and it's going to be a process because the team is fairly new there are challenges but my long term goal is that i will be able to write on what indian company culture looks like i'm looking forward to that i do feel like indian culture in general and at large is so different i was in i was in california recently and i met with a few uh beauty brands that i work with a lot and i had the opportunity to go into one of their offices and really like get the tour and, and i had the best time and i remember when i was leaving i should call about benefit cosmetics um i said to them while leaving i said i had so many meetings with brands while i was there but i thought they were the warmest nicest people ever and very unlike the typical american work culture that i was otherwise experiencing right. through my five week long work trip and i remember saying this to them um and just you know complimenting them on the fact that it almost felt like the little bit desi culture because they were so warm and nice and how we love to feed people and, yeah. you know it was that and right. i had the best day with them so i look forward to you shining light on that drum rolls please so it's time for our next segment associate this a fast paced word association game where my guests get no more than 10 seconds to respond so get ready get set associate um success team uh resilience me i agree kutyo sabya sachi oh i love that hard work lifeline new york land of opportunities fashion week a bit stale preach uplifting i love that and girl boss you i was i was hoping you would say <laughs> me, like me as in you <laughs> me and you <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the pod sharing your story um i love the direction you've taken your brand in i remember meeting you over a decade ago at some cafe discussing business at pali and um and i'm very very happy for how far the brand has come and i'm even like looking forward even more to the direction you're headed in because to me it sounds like a powerhouse and I can't wait to see it just multiply and grow and grow. Thank you Anam I wish you the same it's exciting for us to be at this like precipice of the whole world shifting and changing and we get to restart again so I think that's exciting. I love that. Thank you. Okay, bye.